Welcome back to season three of the Self-Conscious Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Cortez. On this week's episode, we have JD Arandia. I might have butchered up that last name. I am so sorry. And Joaquin Xavier from the Voice Party Podcast. And they're joining us on this week's episode. Hi, I'm Joaquin Xavier. And I'm JD Arandia. We're from the Voice Party Podcast. You're currently listening to the Self-Conscious Podcast. Where dreams come true. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you for having us on your show. Like we really, oh, it's been a, it's you. been a long time coming, and uh, I always appreciate your support, and I love your show. So thank you. Oh, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for the concha slippers. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> how how did they did they fit? They're a little too big. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. I don't know if I should have gotten like a smaller size, but I feel like the smaller size wouldn't fit me either just because like yeah. the way it was advertised. Mm. That's so, the risk of buying stuff online, huh? Like that's what yeah. the biggest risk Yeah. And I'm not saying I got a big ass foot. I have the <laughs> average American woman foot out there. I have an eight and a half size foot, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. We're joined by the co-hosts of the Voice Party Podcast, J.D. Andrea and Joaquin Loscano. They're out based in California. J.D. is a fellow Mexican foodie and comedian. And Joaquin, I actually don't know that much about you, but I'm intrigued to learn more. <laughs> I'm an enigma, it would seem. <laughs> Apparently. From, well, the time traveler. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, y'all conchitas can't see, but he's wearing like this little sweater, gray sweater, red shirt. What is that, like a fedora? Gray fedora? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's all dolled up for you guys. Make your mm-hmm. eyes pop. Oh, thank you. I saw, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, he's a cardigan, right? Yeah, that's a cardigan. He's that's cardigan. all I know. You know, it was wow. a gift my grandparents, uh, you know, a few Christmases ago. Anyway, so how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I'm doing very good. Uh, uh, I'm excited to be here. Like I said, we've been following each other for like almost a year now. Is it? No, I lost track of time after the pandemic, <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like six uh, months, probably six months. Okay, well, the only reason I know it hasn't been a year is because I started the podcast towards the end of November. Oh, shoot, okay, gonna, <laughs> that's probably. the only reason I know it hasn't been a year. <laughs> we're, we're actually gonna hit our two year anniversary this month, so like it feels those two years seem like a long ass time ago. This is like you just feel like every podcast that you're affiliated with has been around for at least a year. Yeah, exactly. Because, like you know, you're yeah. so, you, you, you know, I guess you figure, oh, they're so professional. They must have been around here for like. We're like coworkers. <laughs> We're coworkers. <laughs> we just met in the office today. <laughs> we just met. I already know your blood It's a big corporation. I just found out Joaquin is the manager. Joaquin's the manager. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who hired you? You did. You signed the paperwork. I never needed anybody to hire. You remember the job interview? <laughs> I'm excited to be here. That's 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 what I meant to say when you when you asked how you're doing. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you guys too. It has been a while. Actually, I don't even know when it was that you started following me, but I think you commented on the post or something that I did. And then I said, thank you. And then I started following your, I don't know how it started, to be honest. I just know something happened. (laughs) Something different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Meeting your podcast introduced me to like inner monologue podcast. Oh, really? Okay. I thought it was Mm -hmm. the other way around. Because I saw they they posted about you guys. Oh, well then see, then you remember how it started. Because I don't remember how it started. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But I I remember both your podcast and their podcast were affiliated when when the introduction happened. And then for all of you guys who don't know, JD like did me a solid and bought me like Conchita slippers. And he didn't it was like do a that. dare too. You dared somebody to buy them. Like, oh yeah, I'm fucking it was using just my like a joke. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't think anybody was gonna pull through. And I was he was like, let me Venmo you right now. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, they don't fit. I know, right? (laughs) I might just ship them out to you, JD. You can have them. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) So, I have a fun question for you guys before we get started with the actual, actual, whatever. So, we moved on with the meet meet cute part of the uh, show. All right. 
So what is the scary movie that still gets you to this day? That's a loaded question. I'll say it right now. Stephen King's The Mist. Really? The twist ending? Oh, I've never seen it. Hits me in the gut. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why I said Really? I've never seen it. <laughs> well, there's just to avoid confusion, there are two different adaptations for this. There's a TV show. I think it's like a Netflix thing, or if it wasn't Netflix, it landed on Netflix later. And there's the movie. The movie came out like uh, between 2005 and 2008. Really solid writing. Really great, like microcosm of what happens to a group of people when they're crammed together in one small space and how like the pressures of the outside world can cause them to devolve into madness good stuff i've never seen it i highly encourage (laughs) you to watch it obviously if you if you can't get a copy of the film read the novella it's based on it's it's equally good it's rare to say that a, a King movie is good as the book. The book's usually better, but I, I, it's this is one of those rare occasions. It's like, no, 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 they're equally dope as hell. So, wasn't Stephen King the one who also did like, um, what's the one with the clown? It. It. it mm-hmm. Oh, it was so radically like, you know, well, he. I can understand why they didn't adapt everything from the it novel to the books because the books are like really weird it's weird and some of it's even offensive yeah like have you seen the it movie part one and two yeah i i i know what was not included in those movies and i think it was validated of course i agree for me it's the exorcist (laughs) to this day it's one of the scariest fucking movies of all i'm sorry i don't know if i'm i cuss i apologize yeah yeah. i think to this day that's one of those that still gets me like one of the only like one of the first movies that gave me nightmares as an adult just because of how creepy it looks the concept itself is is just scary and you know in itself that concept alone is just scary and i think it's probably one of the best horror films of all time Mm -hmm. that like just penetrates you with with like it's it's like you know and it doesn't it's not even like a violent i mean it is there's violence but there's not like a it's not a killer it's not a slasher but it's like it's known as like the very violent thing and it's just uh it's a heavy it's a heavy movie to watch like you feel like i need therapy yeah i felt drained <laughs> that movie i need therapy and a hug i, I didn't sleep that. for a while after seeing and i didn't pick that movie because i i had a feeling you were gonna because i know yeah. we've talked a lot at that's, I was like, I want to double up because yeah. that, that's definitely in my top five. Yeah. I don't watch Chucky Child's Play, like the 1988 version. I watched it when I was like a kid, like five or seven. And I watched it with my older cousins because I thought it was cool and shit. And I was traumatized. <laughs> and I can watch the movie, but like, I just don't vibe with it. I really don't. I have PTSD <laughs> from it. A bad yeah. association to that movie. I like. I don't want it. I didn't even watch the new one just because it looks stupid. But I don't it like. Is, Chucky. It is. It is. The You're scarred. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> yeah. Aside from all that, because I said like I don't know that much about you guys. Like we literally kind of just like met. Honestly, yeah. probably what people are like, probably wondering like, what's the vibe going on? We're getting to know each other, okay, guys. Exactly. So. Why don't you guys tell us a little bit more about yourself? JD can go first and then Joaquin can go next. Like we said earlier, I've been doing the Voice Party podcast for about two years now with this guy. And now we have a huge crew. Before that, since 2012, I've been doing stand-up comedy. I'm located here in the in the Bay Area, California, so like 20, 30 minutes away from San Francisco. I grew up in Richmond, which is one of those cool new things happening in the city. And it's great to be involved in that. I can I do my comedy shows, some of my comedy shows in Richmond. It's adding to that new scene of like artists and performances that are kind of just popping off everywhere in the city. I enjoy long walks on the beach. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> For fun, I sometimes do a little bit of acting. Usually get cast as a cholo. That's usually what I get uh, cast on. The reason I met this guy and Phil, our other, one of the people that we started the group, is they casted me as uh, uh, in a music video to work for them. So that's how this whole thing started. So, and it's a horror theme show, which is kind of what they do. And that's my little elevator uh pitch <laughs> and we broke the stereotype with that one because instead of you being a cholo it's you're true. the victim of a robbery exactly we we decriminalized you for a minute. <laughs> it was great you victimized me 
We're doing the Lord's work, or we're doing um, civil rights work over here. Frosty exactly. Over here, so. Yes, I can. Tell me about yourself. Oh my gosh! I mean, what is there? To, what is there said about me? Like doing this podcast the last two years has been awesome. It's been the one consistent creative force after the pandemic shut down because you know I also wrote and starred in a bunch of Frosted Mini. I, you know, I co-produced the show Frosted Mini Fears, which is what. Um, which is a great horror channel on YouTube. You can check us out. It's Frosted Mini Fears, like a cereal, but not really. Like one of our logos is literally a cereal box with like what looks like frosted Wheaties. One of my favorite props in existence right there. It's it's part of a spookily balanced breakfast, kiddos. So please enjoy us. Aside from writing and acting for Frosted Mini Fears, I'm also a rapper. And that's actually why we had him on that particular project because Phil, who is like, who brought me on board, he's the filmmaker friend, you know, uh, filmmaker friend. He brought me on board to write and co-produce the show. He was like, look, man, like we've done a whole lot, but we've never done a music video. You can rap. How about we do like a horror themed rap song? You know what I mean? So then that's then then we were like, who are we going to cast in this? And of course, JD was on a very, very short list. It was a great day. I had just came back from bombing horribly at a show in Oakland. And I was like, yeah, I'll come over. And it was great. I got beat up right after bombing, which is the best feeling ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I literally got beat up for real. I told the guy, just fucking hit me. Just hit me. I, I do it. Just hit me for You're real. like, I need it. I need it right now. And I've been a better <laughs> comic ever since. Sorry. Indeed. I'm also an instructional aide during the day. You know, when I'm not going out in the middle of the night and fighting crime, I'm <laughs> rapping. I'm uh, also a tutor at another job. So, I've, you know, I've got things, things going on there. As far as the Frosted Mini Fear stuff, we've had awards. You know, we've, we've had our stuff in many film festivals and whatnot. Very proud of that. FMF is the only reason that I hadn't been cast in stereotypical roles like gang member number two. So <laughs> that's, that's my I, job. I've managed to avoid his problem so far. <laughs> I don't see this as a problem. It's, it's it's fun, but yeah. Can we listen to a little bit of the intro to the Frosted miniseries? No, yeah, we can listen to it right now. It's an original beat made by uh, Nobi. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. Stacking gold for his wedding ring Walking home alone from a kickback Full moon sheds light On a steel bat Well, thank you for showing that What'd you <laughs> thank think? Thank you for sharing You're welcome So the lyrics were good I liked it It was a good thank vibe you. J JD's acting in it was like Okay Priest A priest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah You straight up I don't know You just weren't coming off as a thug I was like Oh, I no, I wasn't. I'm he's, not supposed to be He's supposed thug. to be this innocent guy who yeah. gets robbed. Uh, and then, like, the devil convinces him to take vengeance on the dude that just robbed him. Yeah. No, that's that's what we said. That's the only one where I don't play a thug. Yeah. A priest. That's the funniest shit I've ever well, heard. Well, you were walking around and like, this, what, whatever, your jacket, oh, whatever, yeah. for a second. It looked like it was so up here. And it was like, it's a priest. And what's crazy about that song <laughs> is that it's 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 supposed to go on like <laughs> like my my ideal debut project, Tales to Astonish. Mm. The whole concept is like each song is gonna be like a wildly different sort of rap short story where there's a beginning mm. verse, a middle, and an end that you can follow through. That was like an example of like a horror story. I also got this song called Tears of Ice that I recorded. And it's mm -hmm. basically the life story of Mr. Free, his childhood, then like him going to college and meeting Nora and marrying Nora, then Nora getting the disease and then like the failed attempt to save her life. 
you know what I mean? Like, so stuff like that. So I just have like themes. Yeah. But one of the main themes for a lot of the projects that we do is horror. Like that's well for Frosted Mini well, Frosted Mini but yeah, like but, but a lot I, of the stuff. That, yeah. But I'm, I'm not a horror rapper. We got not yeah. a horror guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do you do themes. I do <clears throat> Well, now that we have a little bit of background, so tell us about the Voice Party Podcast. How did you guys start it? What's it about? What's it been like from when you first started to like two years in now? I've always wanted to have a podcast. I actually started two other podcasts with two different people and it didn't work out. One of them, he, he's a good friend of mine, bought all the equipment, but he lives in San Jose, which for me, that's a long drive. I would drive both ways. I had another friend who we also started a podcast at his studio he had a recording studio but he fell into some hard times and that all went away so i had recorded a lot of episodes with both of these people but they never were put out after i met these guys for that music video which you just played uh, i started just getting to know them a little bit better and you know we've only known each other about two years literally Mm -hmm. since the time that the podcast started uh, we hang out a lot now and oh, like, yeah. we work together on a lot of different things. And Good friends now. Yeah, sure. yeah. He comes out to my shows whenever I have shows and, and you know, we, we talk almost daily. And, and uh the podcast, it was interesting because none of the people that I had, except for one, he was Gaspar. He was one of the people that I started with. The reason I wanted to start it was I wanted to put the conversations we had after shows, after comedy shows on air. And it was a lot of goofy, just funny stuff that we would discuss. After a show, we used to have these long three-hour conversations. When I got involved with them two, you know, we kind of became like a four-man unit. The chemistry was there right away. Started recording here in my room, and we just had four microphones. I still say it to this day, like, even though our production value has gone off, I'm always going to fondly remember the first day sitting in this room. Like, it's hard not to have a good conversation when you're sitting on a comfy couch. You know what I mean? Like a good natural one. And that's that's what I think our show uh, carried forth in the beginning was like really natural flowing conversations. Yeah. You know, eventually it kind of got a little bit like uh, more, I want to say a little bit more structured in a way. It is more, nah, we sold out, let's be honest. <laughs> we sold out. Uh, <laughs> we're, like we're sellouts now. No, that's what it feels like a little bit too relaxed. That's what Phil says. And I agree with that. So now the show, we're, we're at a studio, we're recording cameras. There's a lot of distractions here. So now that's we're, Phil's we're, fault, though. But, you but, have the no, TV we, on the but like now we're fully invested in the conversation. I was fine. I was at my game. I was Mr. I was but like, even the guests would be distracted. That's what okay. I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's, you're it's, right. it's, it's a, it feels more professional and it does. We're, we're more invested in the conversation and we give the guests like more attention to to go back and forth with their with their questions i think it's made us better interviewers too like over time oh (laughs) i am unmuted yes yes it has (laughs) (laughs) i was like she doesn't care man (laughs) i'm just kidding (laughs) i've been like fucking around this whole time while y'all been talking it's like wow. somebody <laughs> listening to this will, will care. Hopefully, no, I- <laughs> <laughs> like he's like at least somebody will care. Do you know how many like you know you you got guys like Ebro and and folks that run podcasts and radio shows? Yeah, like how many of those people are, do they actually care about that they're interviewing? Like you got to know like somebody like um, someone they're just sitting phoning it in. Yeah, yeah. You you have to admit like there had to have been sometimes. Where we're know, not saying you're doing this, right, right, we're no, just no, talking no. about in general. No, but there has, like, I'll, sometimes I'll watch the artist interviews, yeah. And like a guy like Ebro, who's a little bit older, yeah, who's like interviewing somebody like Lil Uzi, right? So you don't get the fuck off, yeah. They don't, yeah, you know, this motherfucker's yeah. back, okay. And I'm saying, but you yeah. smiling because you're a hot artist and yeah. you need the views. Yeah. But watch somebody like Worsty Five Nine or, or or somebody younger with some flow get on there, oh, yeah, yeah, tell me more, like. Yeah. <laughs> So it's cool. The, the point isn't for Ebro to be entertained. Mm-hmm. The point is for like little Uziverse listeners to grow and be interested. You know? But yeah, the voice party is really all over the place in, in regard to content. What I mean by that is it's comedic journalism. He brings the comedy. And I used to bring the seriousness. Now I kind of bring like serious slash comedy. I used to be the straight man to your comedic. Yeah, they ask the important <laughs> questions when I just fuck around. That's right? what it comes down to. That's what it is. But yeah. I think that's the voice party in that that's show. That's the voice party in that show. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been listening to your podcast for like for so long. And 
again, you guys have been out here for two years, so it's not like I'm gonna go all the way back to the fucking beginning to listen to you guys. Oh, don't, don't do that. No, I've been, yeah, I've been, hit a trigger. <laughs> been listening to more like more recent episodes, and I actually like messaged. I don't know if it was UJD or like the Voice Party podcast page in general. I don't know who runs that page, but we don't either. To be honest, I'm just <laughs> the one you guys did with Phoenix. Oh yeah, I fucking love that episode so much. I told like, her about that. I saw. I showed her. I showed her the message you sent. She was like, "I love it. I love it." Hands down, like it was such a good episode and like such a good vibe. And she was a dope guest. Yeah, that was her first interview on a podcast. Mm. She was a natural, bro. If you even listen to one episode, like I appreciate it. Like, that's I, major. I, that's major to me. That means the world. Like literally, just like that's the, a, a huge compliment to to what we do. You know, so appreciate it. You're welcome. Now that you guys actually gave us some context on like where you guys are from, uh, how you guys met, all that. I'm actually still curious because I don't think we still know more about Joaquin. Just a little bit more because originally this recording was going to be with JD, right? Because the season is about, supposed to be like spooky shit, like tapping into the weirdness and all that. And he's like, well, I have a friend who writes stories for a little horror show called Frosted Mini Fears. And I was like, oh, OK. And so, I mean, you kind of told, told us a little bit. We listened to a little bit of the songs. Give us a little bit more context on that. So why did you guys start that? What's it about? What's going on with it? Are you still part of it right now or? Yes, very much so. After that video, like we had a conversation with JD. JD was like, I want to join because he's a huge horror fan. And, you know, to be honest, it's nice to have another legit horror fan on board because our main director, producer, spoiler alert, horror is not really his thing. But he loves Frosted Mini Fears because it's like the first successful film venture that he's ever done. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what got IOP Video our first clients, all that sort of stuff. But I've been in Frosted Mini Fears since like 2013, 2012. They were going a little bit before I came in on the tail end of season two. And I'll never forget it. You know, our, our producer hit me up out of the blue and was like, hey, you still interested in writing? I said, yeah, you know. So he's like, well, if you're not too busy, he goes, I know you're still doing your music thing. How about you come on? And I'd like to, we'd like to bring you on board as a scriptwriter for the show. So I'm like, okay. So at the time it was Phil Spruner, it was Chad Garcia and like a whole cast of folks, you know, production assistants, voice actors. We had a whole squad, right? You know, shout out to Efren Aguilera, shout out to Carlos. The list just goes absolutely on bunch of talented dedicated people so i'm in a meeting with just those two and they're kind of the head of the operation at the time mostly chad like phil would say oh chad's really but it was really the two of them and they're like all right we're having trouble with the script and we need someone to take a look at it because they were arguing about how this specific world ending event was supposed to play out They knew that the character was going to be the last man alive because it's the name of the the episode. But they weren't really sure exactly how to describe why. And they were like, well, maybe it's a nuclear strike. Well, that doesn't make any sense because there's bomb shelters. Well, people would have time to scramble and get our knee. Well, maybe it's like this. Maybe it's that. And then they were like, you want to take a crack at it? I was like, I got it. So then I typed in the words, I'll never forget the night the sky fell. It was ambiguous enough and ominous enough to fit right into where we didn't have to explain exactly how the world ended. And we left it up to the viewer's imagination. And then like I typed a, a bit more of the dialogue, the, the narration of the script and bam, I was in, I was in, you know? And I was really excited because this other guy because I had taken this creative writing class with this guy years before and he was on board with them. So I'm like, oh, I'm, oh let's go. You're, you're great. It'd be great to work with you. And then like we did this trek out to San Francisco to film a short for Frosted Mini Fears. And the day after went down. He called Chad because he couldn't get into the YouTube anymore. They fired him. They let him go. And they replaced him with me. Awkward. 
you know, here I am, like, I can't be excited. We're going to finally work together, bro. Next day, oh, I was his replacement? Hmm. Well, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's a great camaraderie, believe it or not. I mean, aside from that one story, it's great camaraderie, great creative people. You know, we all get together and collab and, and we film each project as a group, as a unit. My first year writing and acting and voice acting, and what have you with them after that for season three, I spent mm -hmm. a good chunk doing voiceovers, some acting, some, some camera work, and then I broke my leg. And so when they were doing the latter half of the season, I was out. I, I still had scripts they hadn't made yet. So I think I contributed to maybe like somewhere slightly under half of the stories written wise. And then a good chunk of ones that I was in that I didn't write, but I was starring in. So, you know, and now that we are, we're working on this with the skeleton crew, basically, because so many of the folks kind of like moved on. They've got other things going on in their lives. Right. It's really just me JD and Phil and us just casting whoever we can. And now, since I've been, what, six months? Something like that. I wrote something. I don't know when it's going to get filmed. We still have to work on it. I came up with an idea, filming the dramatizations of nightmares that people submit. Mm. That's my idea that I contributed. We still haven't filmed anything yet. And then there's another one that is I wrote up that is based on a true story. I wanted to talk to the person who was involved in the story just to get their permission, but that person is no longer with us mentally, if you know what I mean. Like they're so, oh. and I don't even know where he is, but I wrote it up and I shared it with this guy. I think I wrote like a draft 12, 8, 12 a.m. late at night. And while I was writing by memory, just kind of like putting it out in paper, like something here in my room fell <laughs> and it scared the shit out of me. It was something, it wasn't like paranormal, it was just something fell. And mm -hmm. I, well, yeah, I mean, I saw it because it was a message. No, but anyways, like what I was saying is it failed and it scared the shit out of me. It's like, okay, this may be good. And I sent it to him and I was like, what do you think? And uh, he liked it. It's going to be an effort just to cast like, you know, a lot of the people in it. It's something I'm excited to see. The pandemic set us back. So we haven't yeah. really played anything other than the podcast. What I will say is that the cool thing about having the trifecta, because even though Chad kind of walked away and said, look, I just give the brand to you guys, do with it as you will. We have three different senses of horror. Like Phil's whole thing is when he writes a story or what excites him is regular people doing really terrible things. Like killers. Serial killers, stalkers. Yeah. That's his, that's his thing. Now I can write that. I've written those before. Like, you know, Faults and, and Father's Day mm -hmm. are two examples of really creepy people out there in the world my whole thing though personally is i like more fantasy supernatural stories like i love the the vampires werewolves that kind of stuff or or aliens and jd's more interested in like quote unquote real life paranormal stuff so he'll get really excited about doing a script if there have been some sort of real life folklore or people have seen this, it's like people claim, I saw the ghost walking on the lake and he'll be like, oh, let's do that. And for me, it's like, I'm not a full believer in the paranormal. So I'm like, to me, it's all the same. I'm like, whether it someone says they saw a ghost or whether it's a great short story written by an amazing horror author, I'm like, let's do both, you know, but they change the rules with all these damn movies. Like, you know, now vampires aren't, allergic to sunlight and in some movies and it's like who you know that's what i hate well you put in a sparkle they sparkle yeah exactly <laughs> Those motherfuckers. they say you that know, in new I, orleans there's like real vampires that's what i hear but i hear there's a lot of shit in new orleans okay it ain't there's just vampires voodoo, down there a lot of voodoo there brujeria yeah you know we just Ghost. had a guest the other day we were talking about that he was talking about Pacific Street, and they said it starts every, with the B. I, I forgot. He was there, and he said every like hotel in that neighborhood, every house in the neighborhood, every house or hotel, they said it's all haunted. They all everyone sees things at that in those hotels. Like it's one of those places. That's what happens when you mix voodoo, witchcraft, Santeria. and slavery. <laughs> places. <hurt. laughs> <laughs> speaking of that like <laughs> mini frosted fears do you guys like derive from your own personal experiences for that or for my thing that i just wrote that we still haven't filmed it's a story someone shared with me 
That's why I said I wanted to get their permission, but it looks like there's some changes. I'm obviously not using same names or anything. I like real stories, like real stories that people share. And this, mm-hmm. this story kind of involves a murder also. So it, oh. it, yeah, so it's kind of like a, a hood horror story, if you will. <laughs> Growing up hearing like those stories that your your tias or your tios would share around the fire, would that's one of the things I love about a, like horror films that make you feel that way. Something someone told you when they were like, I can't go to uh, that park, like why, why not? And then you hear a long ass story about something that happens to them at that park. That's kind of what I want to bring to the, to the show. It's a unique perspective. Frosted Mini Theaters, it started out as just creepypasta. And the nature of creepypasta is usually, the creepypastas are really, really short. And are you familiar with creepypasta? No. For, well, for our listeners that, and you now knowing that, that aren't familiar with creepypasta is really, really short horror videos and or scripts usually presented as urban legends. For example, one of the most famous- Slenderman. Slenderman. Slenderman, Jeff the Killer. They all started out as like these internet stories that were written about in various blogs and pages and- Turned into movies. Organically grew into these giant bits of mythos Jeff the Killer's not been made into a movie, though. I mean, a but, lot of those. But yeah. Slender Man was made into, like, a big, I think it was Universal Studios or Paramount, one of those, uh, or Sony, you know, made, like, a horror movie about the Slender Man character. But Slender Man was originally a creepypasta. And, you know, it's really just all this short fiction in different forms. And Frosted Minifears started out like that, very simple, very simple shots. Sometimes it's just a picture with narrative. That's it. There's, you know, audio storytelling. So when Phil got on, you know, really, I mean, he was there from day one, but Phil started pushing at, at the end of season one for more cinematic ones. Yeah. So then our channel evolved into sh- more so short movies than short narratives. Phil is, he's like a young Sam Raimi. He's an expert with like getting, yes. getting creative shots with like working with very little thing and he'll turn it into a whole lot more precisely so that's why it kind of works you know he, he explored with a lot of different themes uh, what was that one where the guy that's based on a real story do you remember that story where this girlfriend convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide wasn't she like him not to do found it. guilty though for it i thought she was i thought she guilty. did i thought she i think she, she she served a little bit of time yeah she's only doing like 10 years or something like that bill basically took just the literal stenographer and the text messages transcribed that into a script and then essentially had, there's a young lady named Little Fears who has her own uh, creepypasta channel. We got her to voice the part of the girlfriend. And then Efren, our resident voice, one of our resident voice actors did the voice of the boyfriend sending the text messages. Mm-hmm. And he played the live action version of this character. So as the texts are going back and forth, he's, you're showing him doing the attempts to kill himself. He's in the car, the, you know, the, he doesn't do it. You know, he bails and then he hangs himself at the end and it's, it's ooh man. But as far as our own life experiences, like for me, because I grew up reading horror and reading myth and reading all that sort of stuff, a lot of my script work comes from inspirations from researching these topics, having researched a lot of the stuff as a kid. However, when it comes to my acting performances, it's like, all right, well, what do I know from life to bring this character to life? You know, that being said, giving us all the context, for the theme of the season, JD already mentioned it. I want you guys to share your ghost stories with us. I have mine. I'm sure JD has his. You probably say you don't believe in that shit, but we're going to intrigue you. Okay. We're going to intrigue you, Joaquin. You're going to, you're going to become a believer. And if you don't, I have a a movie for you so you can become a fucking believer. Now, now my dad has a story I can share with you guys. When that way, you want to share yours first? I have a couple, but the one I'm going to share is my Yorona story is my mom's story. My my parents are from Mexico, right? And Mm -hmm. my mom grew up in this little pueblo called Las Pilas. And it's about like two hours away from Morelia, which is like the biggest city out there closer to them. So anyways, in this little town that my mom has, Las Pilas is like literally like translated. It's like little wells, you know? And there's this huge river is by there. And my mom and just all of them were like, not necessarily poor, but like these humble people. So they would go to the river to like wash their clothes, 
uh, get watered for their animals, for their showers, all that. So my mom go and her sisters would go early in the morning to go like wash their clothes and then like can't get to dry before they went to school, right? And they woke up early, early. So they were up like at four, five in the morning, you know? The sun isn't even out yet. It's still dark. So my mom went out to the river and I don't know why she was left alone, but she got left alone. So she was washing this clothes all by herself. And then she hears like moaning and, you know, like crying and like, like a woman moaning. And she was like, what the fuck is that? I'm not going to make the sounds. But she was like, what the fuck is that? She turns around. She doesn't see anything. But she's like, all of a sudden, there's like mist. And it's still early in the morning, right? But there's nothing there. And then, But she's seeing the mist. And the water starts looking weird. And so she's like still washing the clothes. Because she's like, I'm going to buy my, my, my own business. She's like, I'm just going to keep washing the clothes. Because, you know, it's just probably like morning mist or whatever. And then she keeps hearing this moaning get closer because you can see like the river, like fair path. And so she like looks over and then there's this like raft and then there's this woman is sitting on the raft, like in a white dress, torn at the bottom, hair dripping. And she's like moaning, like moaning, but you can't see her face. And my mom was like, starting to get chills right she started getting goosebumps my mom said like she felt frozen in place you know and so she then said that like this lady looks towards her and there's no face like there's absolutely no face like it's dark mist because my mom was telling me the story in spanish right it's creepy in spanish but she was telling me how like like she was looking at pure death she's like and then before i knew it this thing grabbed my arm and was dragging me towards the river and this river is pretty hefty okay it's like you can't like it's it's dangerous and so my mom's like, I don't know what happened. She's like, but like, I grabbed a tree. She's like, and I started kicking really, like really fast. She's like, and I started screaming. She's like, I ended up leaving the clothes there. She's like, cause she ended up getting away, you know, like scratching her way up there. She ran back to her house and everybody was wondering like, what well, happened? What was going on? Like, where was she okay? My grandma had asked her, like, hey, where's the clothes? And my mom's like, I left it at the river. She's like, go get it. And she's like, I'm not going to go back there. There's some fucking lady on the raft. My grandma was very stingy. She's like, she was like, I don't want to hear that shit in my house. So she was like, don't say it because then you're giving it power or something like that. And my mom, she would not go down to the river and like wash clothes by herself again. Like she had to go with somebody. My mom doesn't like fall for bullshit. You know, like she wouldn't make shit up. So, like, that's why I believe her story. And I'm going to go with it. And in my little side thing is, I think that Yoran is real. I think there's so much evidence to point out that she's real. And I'm so fucking scared of that bitch. <laughs> like, I was like 18 or 19. The last time I remember staying at my grandma's. And I stayed outside in the little ham- hammock. And I swear to God, I heard some fucking wailing and crying out there. And the bewitching hour is like between 12 to 3, right? Yeah. So it was like, of course I'm going to hear that shit. I swear to God, I could not go to bed because I, I thought I was going to get, like, my soul was going to get sucked. I, like, ended up banging on my fucking family's, like, room and, like, having to crawl. I have, I, it's been a hot minute since I had crawled into bed with my parents. So I, like, 18-year-old self was, like, hugging my mom because it's was like, I don't want to go outside <laughs> to be with the fucking Yorona. And so... <laughs> And, you know, come to find out in the morning, like, it was a fucking dog that was wailing. But, like, that it was no dog. That Like, that's what they said it was. But I swear yeah. to God, it was in a dog. Like, I swear to God, I heard some shit out there. Those the other side dogs is different, too. But the Yorona story is legit. Damn. And I believe in ghosts. That Yorona thing, it's, like, all throughout South America. Like, there's a lot of similar stories to, like, what you said growing up someone said this once there's an older lady that was a friend of the family she's like killing your own ch- children is such a horrible thing to do that like that makes sense that that would exist because the legend of Rayona, she kills her kids right? right yeah so i can only imagine i believe in a lot of that stuff i have one that happened work the work one is well my first job ever i was working at a country club that's old since like the 1800s it's a richmond country club uh, the clubhouse is super old it's one of the first places where like you know in the world war ii a lot of the rich people in richmond that like came to build richmond which is a lot, a lot of ford factories and, and a lot of you know the military people that's where they would play so it has a long history and uh 
a lot of parties happen there, kind of like the the place in The Shining. Let's call it. The Overlook they have, Hotel. They have a lot of pictures like that, like the Overlook <laughs> Hotel. So, anyways, that was my first job where I ever worked at. I worked polishing shoes in the locker room, the men's locker room, which is huge. There's about four rows of lockers. This is when I was in high school, so I was a junior in high school. After school, I would work from like four to eight. And by 6.30, all the older people were already gone. You know, they're already in bed at 7. So at 6.30, everybody was gone. And my job was easy. I literally just go and, and hang out, turn on the TV in my little office room and polish shoes all night by myself. I would rarely see people come in. On this day, I'm sitting there at 7.30. By that time, the only the few young people were at the bar, which is on the other side of the building, and myself, and the bartender were the only people in the building. I'm watching an A's game, rocking the A's hat. <laughs> I'm watching an A's game, and um, I hear the door, the main door of the locker room open, and I hear footsteps, and I hear exactly where they're going. They're heading towards the back of the locker room, the first row. I just thought it was weird because I've been working there for about two months, and I had never had anyone walk in that late. Exit out of my 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 little office room, and then I walk in to see who's there because I used to get tipped for all these shoes. So I'm thinking someone's in late; they're gonna tip tip me good because it's like all wet out there. Like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go and tap on this fool's shoulder and say, "Hey, yeah, hey, need these shoes polished?" I walk over there looking like, "Oh, where the hell?" Then I hear footsteps on walking in another uh, row in the in in the lockers and there's only one way in one way out of the lockers and, and i'm looking at all the entrances from where i'm at so i go in and i look and there's no one there then i i exit back out no one there then i hear a locker door close in one of the first rows and then i'm like okay someone just opened the locker there's no one here then i hear another door open and close in another <laughs> row so i'm like okay something someone's fucking with me at this point <laughs> i i come out I go over to the bar, the bar's empty, just the bartender's washing dishes and, and doing the paperwork. And I say, hey, have you seen anyone go into the locker room? Because he would have seen it. He said, no, uh, the last customer was here like at 6.30. So I was like, oh shoot, okay. I was like, I just heard someone walk into the locker room. He laughed, older Asian guy, he's like, oh, Jose. <laughs> he was like, you know, there's a lot of weird shit that happens here. And I'm like, okay, uh, what do you mean by that? He says, where, you know where the bottles are at in the bar rooms? There's like mirrors sometimes behind every bottle. So that's the setup there. He says, one time he was sitting there and he was closing up. It was like 10.30 p.m. And he looked in the mirror and he saw three older white guys sitting at the bar behind them in the mirror. And he turned and he looked and there was no one there. And he said, that's so many times that that's happened to him. Mm. I found out he, earlier that day, someone had died playing golf, older, older guy died playing golf i don't know if that was that or whatever but i just literally went back into my room got my backpack clocked <laughs> out got the fuck out of there <laughs> my paranormal story is not my own it's my father's and just a preference as a religious person i cannot deny the existence of paranormal phenomena because i believe in god and the devil to, to a degree. That's right. You're a religious person in the group. Right. And I always find it weird when I run into people who aren't religious but believe in ghosts. I'm like, how can you believe in spirits and not believe in angels and God? But whatever. It, creation isn't too far. Yeah. If we can believe in spirits, then we can believe in angels. But it just don't believe in the actual stuff. That's like by each religion in the Bible. I see what you're That's saying. That's where it comes down to. Right. You still believe in like paranormal stuff. Without I mean, you know, yeah. for, for me, it comes down to a decision in Either you believe in the supernatural or you just believe in science. And so uh -huh. if you're going to believe in the supernatural, the next logical step is, well, there must be a God, a creator. It wouldn't be right. logical. He would be trying to reach out to us in some way. He is God after all. So, you know, it's a dichotomy of things. So I, I look at folks like him and I go, well, you just haven't found your religion yet. <laughs> I just don't believe the stuff that's fed through religions. Some right. religion. That's what it comes down to. Mm. Okay, well, so religious statistics aside, tell right. us your ghost story. So, <laughs> yeah, right, well, I, you know, so my dad, who is the king of what he would refer to as spiritual warfare, which is the idea that you've got uh, God and the devil constantly battling for the souls of mankind. That's, that's literally how he sees the world. He had moved from Oakland and tried to live down south in Arkansas, where I was, because I was staying with his mom 
and his his uh, stepfather. Things weren't really working out with them, so he moved in with an aunt that didn't live too far with us, Aunt Katie. Oh, aunt okay. Katie had a lot of creepy mojo Jojo going on in her spirit. Not necessarily saying that she was a witch, but just, you know how like when you- She was a witch. <laughs> Not saying that she was a witch, but you know how like you little kid and you little kids can kind of judge the character of a person by just like interacting with them. I met Aunt Katie at age five and was instantaneously like, this lady is creepy. Like first time I met her, she was all like, come here child, motioning me from the bed. And I was like, uh-uh, no. Uh, the way you say it does sound creepy. Right, you know what I'm saying? And like, that's the vibe I got. So I found out years later that Aunt Katie had become privy. Uh, she used to work in, in Texas for a lady who killed her husband and she was essentially blackmailing this lady to keep her, basically to pay her to keep her quiet until the statute of limitations was over. While my dad was over there, my dad found like a bottle of arsenic. She used to live with Aunt Sudi, her sister. Aunt Sudi, her liver was damaged. Shit. My dad put two and two together because when my grandmother was feeding Aunt Sudi, we noticed that she was getting healthier. She was feeling better. And then when Aunt Katie moved back in with her, and started cooking, we noticed she started getting sick again, so. And then when my dad found the arsenic, well, my dad started to suspect that Aunt Katie was poisoning him as well. She was also doing weird stuff, like oh. that her nephew was stealing from her and all this other weird stuff. My dad being her nephew, technically. Essentially, all this like weird sort of wickedness is holding over the house, and my dad said he knew it was time to move and go back to Oakland. When he came home from work one night, like a late Walmart shift, because you know, we're open 24 hours over there. Like he came home, he opens the door. It's dark, it's pitch black inside. But there are these dark red eyes looking up at him from the floor. That's some he demon shit. He passed out, woke up the next morning, caught the first greyhound that he could, out of there. Done. Quit the South for good. Mm-hmm. Weird shit always happens in the South. It's because, hey, it's that bad juju combination. It's all that of racism. That's what happens. Yeah. 100 years of brutality. I think that acid is cursed. That acid is evil. <laughs> like like a, a, a place that has a lot of like hatred flowing around, I think adds to the bad vibes of places. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I don't know, like, it makes it helps with the environment, the toxicity of it. Yeah, just like in the hoods, there's a lot of story. Like, it's not heard of as much, I feel, but there's a lot of like scary paranormal stories that comes from the hood. Like hoods growing up in, in all these fucking violent, you know, there's a murder every other weekend in some of these neighborhoods. There's there's some weird shit. I've, I've experienced a lot of weird shit in Richmond. Sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say like to your point, Hotel Cortez or something or Hotel something. Like Hotel- out in Cali. You know what I'm uh, talking about? And like, there was a whole bunch of murders there. And oh uh, yeah, what was that name of that girl? The the Asian girl who like was like a whole Diesel. thing because she, oh, she yeah, went missing and they found her last name Lamb. They C- found her the body Cecil there. Hotel. The Cecil, Cecil Hotel. Hotel. There you go. Sorry, oh, Cortez no. Hotel. I was thinking about American Horror Story because they did like a whole like parody of it. And it was called the Cortez Hotel. And the only reason I remember is because, you know, my last name is Cortez. So I was like, the Cortez Hotel. I thought you said cartel. I'm like, Car- Cortez Cartel. Like, what? Most to American Horror Story doing it, but Frosted Minifiers did. We had a, a short film about the Cecil Hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah. We got to check it out. At one point, Richmond was the murder capital of California. So, like, I don't know. I used to walk around a lot of the streets and I've heard a lot of crazy shit from people saying, like, you know, there's the certain areas of Richmond to me have a very scary vibe, North Richmond in particular. I've seen, you know, dead bodies there a lot. And for that, it kind of scarred me a little bit, but you feel it. My nine to five job is uh, I install home alarms and I've gone to houses where, you know, there was a crime scene happen or, or different, you know, human trafficking stuff have happened there. And there's definitely a, a evil energy or some evil heavy energy like in those places whenever something bad happens. I think people are sensitive to, depends, not everybody's sensitive to that type of evil energy, but yeah. it exists. And to what fucking was saying, like, I think you can't believe in one thing and not believe in the other. 
because the yeah. show like the show supernatural i don't know if you guys know about it but there's a show called supernatural yeah and they talked about it it was odd to me that dean knew that there was demons but he didn't know that there was angels and i was like bitch how the fuck do you know that there has to be another thing to counteract that exactly. but aside from all that i'm i'm totally like dean winchester <laughs> side note jd has no idea what we're talking about I, I love. I haven't how, seen this show yet. I, you know, I love how Dean starts off with this attitude of "we're going to kill everything," and Sam is like, "Hold on, let's get to know some of these creatures before we mark them first. And then they flip later on, and Dean's like, "Actually, I kind of have a vampire friend now because we we had each other's back in purgatory." And Sam's all like, "We need to kill it." And I'm like, "Sam, remember you? Where'd your empathy go?" <laughs> but yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Well, between you and me, I was disappointed with the ending of that series. It was terrible. Is that on? Is that on uh, Netflix? Netflix. Okay. No, I haven't seen it. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's pretty. But I, I, I watch everything super late, years after it's popular. So, I apologize. The show should have ended when they put him in the cage the first yeah. time. Yeah, it would have been fine. Because the original honestly. showrunner left. Like he left at that point. And then the CW was like, the show's so popular. Fuck it. We're just going to bring the brothers back. <laughs> no. But it, it's just happy ending. Don't do I think, it. You know what? Fuck it. We're going to ruin it for these beautiful conchitas. We're going to ruin it. Okay, guys, Dean dies in the end. But the way he dies, like, is so stupid. Because then what was the whole point of them bringing each other back and then resurrecting and going through all that drama? Because that was basically like the whole thing. Like, the Dean brothers cannot keep resurrecting each other, blah, 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 blah. But brother Bond, I don't know. It just seems so stupid at the end. I agree with I, ha- I haven't seen the show, but I have an answer of why they did that. You okay, know? Go ahead. Money <laughs> to keep the show going. No, no, that's the last season. That's, last that's what I'm saying. Like, keep- yeah, well, but it played. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I hate when they do but that. It, but it played into the theme of like Cain and Abel and all this uh, stuff. And because there's like a lot of like religious references into the show. Yeah. And like, unless you're not religious, you're probably not going to pick up on it. My Catholic background came in play and I was like, "Mm." Oh, I like how the angels are like not a monolithic force for good. Like some of them are douchebags and some of them are not bags. You know what? I was like, you know what? I could see that being real. Like if I die, I'm not saying I'm going straight to heaven, but if I die and I'm like waiting in line and I was like, by the way, I want to meet all the fucking angels who didn't show up for me when they needed to. Like, what was going on there? I just want to talk. I just want to have a conversation. That's it. Like, Zaffarel was supposed to be your guardian angel, but he was too busy jerking off in the corner. It's like, I'll get to it in a minute. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you know how traumatized I am? Do you know what I went through? I don't think so. <laughs> you know what I think the writers, when they sat down in the room to when they decided to introduce angels, they logically mm-hmm. said, well, Satan was an angel and he fell so we have to write these angels as though you can believe that one of them could turn out like lucifer and they went with the logical conclusion of some of these people are dicks <laughs> even though yeah. they all the way some of them are like really you, you such an like the one that pretends to be loki for all that time such an asshole well we're going off topic but we're going off topic we are are. way off topic but boys is there any advice for the conchitas how to go about this spooky season before we close out this episode oh well you know if you're catholic remember to say the rosary (laughs) Uh, visit your priest often holy water by your side is always good i'm not a priest by the way just (laughs) so everybody knows (laughs) If, if you're a protestant just pray a lot and if you're superstitious you know, just remember not Still to walk pray a lot. You know, it'd be okay. <laughs> also, especially if you're a young listener, if you get invited to like these weird ritualistic Halloween, I want to scare myself. Let's play the Ouija board or let's do some weird ritual shit. Oh yeah, no. Do not do it. Like mm-hmm. stay away from that chick. We're mm-hmm. trying to push the boundaries of your Halloween. No, no. I, I hear a lot of people do that this time of year. So yeah, don't do don't it. Do it. Don't, don't do that white people shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. That's what they do. Yeah. And then, you know, in the movies, like, it's always the BIPOC who die first. But really, we're the ones who said, like, don't fucking do it. That's why I say And the white person always that, lives. That, that's the exactly. white privilege right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for being on here. We're going to go ahead and close out this episode. Thank you for thank having you. us. Thank you for having us.
Well, that wraps up the episode. Thank you so much to JD and to Joaquin for joining us. I'm going to give them a chance to shout out their social media accounts if you want to follow them. And make sure you subscribe to the Voice Party Podcast. All right. You can follow me, Joaquin underscore Xavier on Instagram. You can check out the Frosted Mini Fears YouTube and Instagram page. We also have a Twitter. Voice Party is everywhere. You can follow me (laughs) on Instagram at JD underscore underscore arandia on my link i i have everything attached for the voice party podcast the voice party at the voice party instagram also and uh under the our description on our bio we have our link tree that, that connects you to everything the twitter the youtube we're on spotify anywhere you can find podcasts we're available if you want to reach out to us you can message us on the instagram or the twitter uh, i want to give a shout out to phil our producer and our new team members which now we're doing events too so like if you ever come out to the bay area and you're around during one of our events we're starting to do multiple comedy shows and uh, live music events shout out to all our co-hosts there's too many to, to name i don't even know all their names i'm just kidding i do but there's so many <laughs> also if you need video production work done even if it's just you have an editing job and you need to send us raw stuff my partner and i phil iopvideo.com we make things look pretty and also a big shout out to you for having us on your platform we appreciate Aww. it it's always great to collaborate with other creators because you know yes. we're like, like I said, we're co-workers thank you so much <laughs> for being here i'm glad we made it happen finally made it happen i hopefully you come out to the bay area sometime when we can record have you on our show in studio and don't forget to follow us on our social media pages to be up to date on what we have going on on the Subconscious Podcast, such as who our guests will be on upcoming episodes, podcast collabs, small businesses, highlights, announcements, and so much more. Our Instagram page is Subconscious Podcast, and our Twitter account is at Conscious Podcast. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Like always, I hope you resonated with the episode. Learn something from it. If you like this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the Subconscious Podcast. We are available on all your favorite podcasting apps. And make sure that when you leave us a rating, also leave us a review. It helps us spread the word. And while you're at it, go ahead and share the episode with a friend or family member. The more listeners, the better. We post new episodes every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Eso es todo por hoy. I will see you all next week for a whole new episode. Until then, have a good one, Conchitas. And don't forget, don't be so self-conscious. Peace. Hey, Conchitas, I hope y'all really enjoyed this week's episode. It was such a great time hanging out with JD and Joaquin. And as a special treat, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys listen to the full song, Devil's Do by Joaquin Xavier. Make sure you go check out their little horror show, Frosted Mini Fears, on YouTube. And all their other social media is linked in the episode description. While spooky season is ending, stay spooky, Conchitas. And I hope you all enjoy. Tell him the devil made you do it. See what you will.
you want, do what you feel, and if they take offense to it, simple, tell them the devil made you do it, simple, tell them the devil made you do it. Drop this bat after the strike to the back, caught him by surprise, anger in his eyes, when they see the broken glass in your hand, they dart to his weapon, it's self-defense, understand, open up fast, don't give him a second, cover his lip stream, should he attempt to kick it, scream, cut and stab, cut and stab, till you cover the poison, very jam, and he lessens his grasp, or you feel no more gas, blood can't get married in jail, so dispose of the body well, look what I, he made you do in that moment, he felt small too, bring the body to the lake, with the bone saw dude, make sure no one saw you too, it's okay from a certain point of view, take it from someone who knows, you'll never know, we'll put the blame on you, and honestly it's fine, as long as the devil gets his due, and honestly it's fine, as long as I watch as they bleed, listen as they scream, make it obscene, and if they ask you what you up to it, 